Hey everyone, this is Kelsey Jo Hillis, photographer, entrepreneur, wife, mom, and recovering people pleaser. This is my podcast, Picturing Purpose, where I have transparent and meaningful conversations with people from all different walks of life. My hope with this podcast is that you find encouragement, lean on faith, and trust God's purpose for your life. So with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode of Picturing Purpose. Hello, Purpose Pleasers. This is Kelsey Joe with Picture and Purpose. Today, I have two wonderful friends with me from church. They are a married couple. How long have you guys been married first? In 26 years. <laughs> Did you know that, Mike? Oh, okay, good. Mike and Amy Gritis, right? Yes. Sometimes I want to say Gritis when yeah, someone's asking me what your name is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just say G. Yes. Amy G and Mike G. Yes, we get that too. Yes. So I'm feeling a little rusty today. This is my first podcast in about three or four weeks. I can't remember how long it, my the episode that I did with my sister. Mm-hmm. This is the first one since then. We'll, and we'll help you through. Yeah. Thank oh, you, wow. Mike. I, so I really do. I need I need the help for real. It just feels like I needed a little bit of a break. I needed some time to just kind of figure out what I want to do with this instead of just hitting the ground running and being like, okay, got to do this, this, this control freak. Let's do this. Instead of saying, God, just tell me what to do so that I can do everything that you want me to do and not what Kelsey wants to right. do. Right. It's good. So enough about me, more about you guys. So the reason that I have Mike and Amy on today is because they are like the, uh, the power couple of the church. I feel like, <laughs> Amy's smiling so big. She's like, us? <laughs> I do. I like, I just from watching you guys from a distance at church and, you know, when we, when we're serving or even just during worship, it's really nice to see you guys being so vulnerable together. And not, I know it's a little bit easier for women to be vulnerable, but Mike, you have a, you have like an openness to you that is kind of, what's the word? Uh, motivating in a way for other men because they see that as like, oh, I can be vulnerable and have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And it's not weird, mm-hmm. you know, and be manly and be manly yes. because you are manly. I will say that. <laughs> Didn't you do that? You did the small group that like where you guys sat around a campfire yeah. at church. See? Yeah. You got to have the, the manliness in there too. Yeah, that's why I had you guys on here, because I just feel like you can definitely tell that you guys have been through some things, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of strengthened your relationship, and so that's kind of what I want to start with. Both of your stories individually, and then both of them kind of together, like how you met, and make it as detailed as you want, but, you know, whatever you feel led to talk about. So, Amy, do you want yeah. to go first? Sure. For me, I grew up in church my whole life, and I had this desire as a teenager, I want to get married, Mm -hmm. have children, stay at home, raise my kids, you know, stay at home mom, you know, until I needed to go to work. And uh, so the pursuit of a man was really important to me. Mm. And so I just had this really hard time in my life, probably around 18, 19 years old, and just realized I need Jesus. God had been a part of my life, but like, I just needed to, without saying, you know, seeming weird, but like, 
you know, people were like, I'm dating Jesus. Well, that's not it. It's just, I needed to make God number one in my life. And so I was like, God, you know, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And the moment I did that, I was like, I'm just going to pursue you and allow you to take care of who I'm going to marry. And then it wasn't long after that, Mike had asked me out. And I'd met him before because we'd gone to the same church, obviously. Uh, my dad actually is the one that told him I was available. And so then he asked me out. So it was great. <laughs> my dad cool. set us up. Yeah. It was really yeah. Cool. So, um, was this but, at a different church? Nope. Same church. Hardest song. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I grew up there. He came there in 92, I believe, 93. And, yeah, so, and I met him in 94 after I graduated high school, but we didn't, like, nothing happened. And he actually thought I was still in high school and didn't ask me out. And so when I decided to focus on God, then he just came out of nowhere. And funny story, sort of, on our first date, I knew that I was going to marry him. Like, I knew automatically. That happened on a lot of Oh, first my dates. God. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. So, yeah. and Everybody was chasing Mike. Huh? Oh, my word. So much. <laughs> but anyway, so that's basically, you know, from being single to being in a relationship with him was when it happened, I had decided that God was going to be first in my life. And then God just brought him right along. That's crazy. I did not know that you guys met at Harvest Time. Yep. That's, uh, I also learned whenever Darren and Carrie came on the podcast that they met at Harvest Time too. I was like, wow, I'm learning so much. Yes. Who else has met at Harvest Time? (laughs) So many people. A lot. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. We should start on dating (laughs) stuff. You should. Like Christian, (laughs) Christian Mingle, (laughs) HarvestTime.com. Instead of trying to grow a track. (laughs) Oh no. Stop. Yeah. We're really busy. We don't need to add a single thing. (laughs) Not right now. No. Um, Mike, what about you? Well, my story is I was a Christian when I was younger in high school. And then when I was a senior in high school, my parents decided to move from Phoenix, Arizona to Mansfield, Arkansas. Oh, wow. So what a big my, change. Yeah, so I spent my last year in high school in a small town. And in the desperation of wanting to have relationships, we've or I've uh, kind of slid away from the Lord for about eight years. Yeah. And then... Ironically, you know, I used to train and teach martial arts, and my martial arts instructor was in Moscow, Russia, coming back from a tournament, and he was led to Christ on an airplane by a man that I went to church with in Phoenix. Oh. And then when he came, he invited me to harvest time. Wow. And and I was in, I was about to move back to Arizona, and I just felt now identified as the Holy Spirit saying, "I need you to stay here." Yeah. So I stayed here, and just a couple years later. I ended up marrying Amy. Yeah. Ended up. Yes. Ended <laughs> up. Yeah. Well, That's you know, awesome. And so, and then I, I was looking for a wife. I always wanted to get married just like her. And uh, I noticed her. And uh, she's right. I thought she was still in high school and I was a youth leader. And so oh, that was forbidden wow. to date students. But I always. As it should be. Yes. yes. It should be. I agree. And so. I, I was just always attracted to her and I would watch her from afar and, and she would wear faded blue jeans and that was awesome. <laughs> faded blue yeah, jeans. So, but what anyway, a rebel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but, and then her, her, a little clarify the story. Her dad didn't set us up. Her dad just gave me the 
the, the, the okay. door to walk through. Yeah. And that's when time. I realized she wasn't in high school. And then when he opened that, okay. because she's actually in college. And so I think it was not too long after that, maybe a week after that, I asked her out. I gave her my coat. She pretended to be cold. I gave her my coat. Ooh. I never got the coat back, but I did get her. So. Yeah. What was your first we date? We still have the coat, too. Oh, our first date was horrible. Oh. It was <laughs> awful. The worst first date I've ever been on. Please tell me. Um, well, it was great. We went to Dixie Cafe when that was around. Uh -huh. And um, so we lived in Waldron, and I would ride to church with my parents. And so we had Sunday night services. So we went to Dixie Cafe Sunday night, and some people at the church invited themselves on our date. And then they, it hit them like, oh my gosh, they're on their first date. And, um, I'm not going to say everything that happened on the date, <laughs> but let's just say that one of the girls did not like me very much and she really liked Mike. So, oh. um, yeah, it just did not settle where, uh, well with her, but anyway, it just was like, oh my word. And then we get in the car and he's taking me back to what's now La Fiesta. It used to be Pizza Inn. Yes. And to meet my parents. But it's funny because I just, I remember that ride so vividly where he was trying to express to me like the kindness that he, that I already saw that he had. Yeah. That wasn't happening, not towards me, but in, in the, on the date, it was just like, it felt like sabotage. It really did, even though yeah. they didn't know that. And I was looking at him and listening to him. The conversation was just so easy. Yeah, it was just crazy. I was just watching him. And the Lord was like, this is your husband. And so I was like, as terrible as his first date was, I am like super excited because I'm like, this is the man I'm going to marry. And then I didn't try to pursue marriage after that. I just really began to just ask God to, you know, tell me what to yeah. do. Until he was ready to decide, you know, if we were going to continue a relationship or not. So yeah. the first date was awful, but it ended well. <laughs> so with That's no okay. kiss, no kiss. So we didn't kiss on the first date or yeah. anything like that. It's just, he was very respectful and yeah. kind even then, you know, Ooh. didn't try to push himself on me. It was more about conversation, which is what I was looking for in a mate. So, yeah. yeah. Would you say, Mike, that you, your spiritual journey was... Like, were you on fire at that point when you were beginning to date her or were you just kind yeah, of? Yeah, because I, 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 I was just very geared toward just my life with Christ and building my life with Christ as paralleling to being very interested in finding a mate. But, you know, the Bible's clear about he who finds, it was, it was my job to find her. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that I found the right one because previously there was just, you know, several relationships that, you know. Would would have been girls I could have married, but this wasn't the right one. So there's right. never any peace there. And then right. When I started dating her, there was peace there. I mean, she she knew, and probably truth be known, I knew too. But I wanted to do it right. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, you know, the 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 deal was you got to give it the right time, so no one judges you for just jumping into a relationship. And I respected her enough because I knew she, you know, she's almost seven years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that we did this right because I knew there were going to be people that would. You know, right. If I just met her three months later, we're getting married. Which I wanted. We, and we, and we, we still would have been fine. Yeah. I was ready. We were both ready. But just, you know, just doing it right for, you know, for culture's sake, I guess. And, but. and our children. That was one of the things. I was like, let's get married. Let's just do it. You know, I think it was a month or a month and a half. I was like, I'm She's all over me about it. <laughs> but I was like, I know we're supposed to be together. And he even said, he was like, 
you know, I mean, we have to think about how we're leading our children and, you know, that we don't want them to make, you know, rash decisions. Mm -hmm. And, and he's right. You know, people who it's hard because people don't know if you hear from the Holy Spirit or not. They just think Mm -hmm. you're so in love. You're rushing into it. And so we just wanted to be a great example to our children that we didn't even have, you know, at the moment. And then he, you know, he led really well in our, our dating relationship because he's like, you know, we're, we're examples to people around us. And so, or we need to be more yeah. than anything. We didn't know we were, you know, exampling anything. We just knew we needed to be. I wanted to finish that verse. He said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And that was one of the verses that told me, like, I didn't need to find my husband. He was going to find me because, you know, God said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and we yeah. but you know we lead our girls that way too one is married and one isn't but it's like hey you don't need to go and pursue you need to pray for your godly husband and you need to be the the godly woman he's looking for so yeah. um anyway, yeah but that's just you know how our dating relationship was from the beginning and then you got married and yes. then you had Two children? Yeah, Madison and Molly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, I was pregnant seven months after we were married. Uh-huh. It was like, oh my gosh, we are planning on waiting at least three years. Oh. And so um, Madison, like, you know, she always <laughs> does, just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and that she is. She stuck to that. <laughs> yes. That is her to a T. Yeah. I mean, she is loud and proud when she enters the room you know she's there and then with molly you know she was a bit more planned out yeah um mine was reversed yeah okay wow yeah Yeah, so i'm glad i didn't have a surprise baby but or the third one yeah Yeah. or the third go yes (laughs) so um raising kids you know it was uh very rewarding but also very hard so Children will challenge your faith (laughs) and trust in God. They really will. Um, Not because they're bad, but because you have to lean on God a lot to to raise children. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yeah. There are lots of seasons of ups and downs when you have young children. It's like you're up here for a little while and then it's like, oh, I have to control this. I have to control this. And then your spiritual, you know, walk kind of dismisses a little bit and you disconnect and then you're like, Oh wait, 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 I've got to get back up here. Right. You know, and as much as we, we know, we remember the, the hard times in parenting when we talk about our girls, uh, most of them are, are the good times. And I think that's because, you know, we did invite God into that process. And so it's not like, Oh my gosh, that, you know, they did this and we were miserable. It was more, remember when and they're mm-hmm. always good memories and I think that's just because we did invite God in, into the process of parenting yeah. you know, I think raising kids requires of you if you're yeah. going to succeed at it requires of you to have a different level of faith mm-hmm. and that has to be intentional you have to go yeah. you have to go get it it doesn't, it doesn't just come with a kid right mm-hmm. but yeah. and it, together yeah, yeah. and and there's yeah. you know the, the what she was referring to you know the mixture of the good and the bad you know the the, the approach is, is how Christ approaches us. You know, uh, he doesn't remember the bad in us. And when he looks at That's us, right. they, they, he sees good. And we want to do that with yeah. our children. As humans, it's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. I can't, I remember all the, the difficult times with my children and, and the times where they, they, they crushed me and 
and times where they, you know, just want, I want to pull my face off because they were, because they were just that, that annoying, you know, and they they require so much and they drain. I've coined the phrase, a kid's ruin everything because they just show up, you know, you're wanting to do something and I can't, I got kids. And girls are a whole different ballgame too. Girls are, they're a pain in the wallet. But, but. I love my girls mm-hmm. and you know, the work paid off. They're, they're just, they're, they're yeah. just super, but, and I do, I do see the good in them you know, yeah. for sure. They are, they're good girls. Cause I, sure. I want to, I want to look at them as Christ looks at me. So. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing your story, some of my questions are kind of, <laughs> well, they're good questions, but ask us anything, Kelsey. I know I'm going to ask you good. I'm going to ask you the ones that I sent you. <laughs> But one of my questions was, how was your marriage before it was God-centered, and how is it now? But since you you started on the foundation of Christ, like, with your marriage, I mean, maybe here's another question. What, were there times in your marriage where you weren't centering God in, in the middle of everything? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you asked the right question. It, yeah. it was always... Christ was always part of the marriage mm-hmm. and wasn't always necessarily the center. Right. You know, okay. And you fortify that as you grow, as you mature, you know, yeah. that center. Sometimes you get off center. For me personally, I've become off center mm-hmm. in our marriage. And, you know, it resulted in some difficult parts of the marriage that I caused in our marriage because I and, and my part of the marriage was not Christ-centered. Mm-hmm. And, and I was allowing, I was trying to do good things and it led me down bad paths. Yeah. And so it, it had some difficult fruits in our marriage and, and. You know, there's, you know, instances there that, you know, we can talk about, but it, it started with Christ. It had always had Christ in it. Yeah. It's better now. You know, it's, I mean, it, you know, the last 10 years have been probably the best years, but it hasn't always just been, you know, that right. way. Rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's better now because there's no kids. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> only been out for three years. My gosh. Yeah. Gosh, you're giving me so much hope, guys. Yeah. Well, ending this is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, kind of what he said, I, I was waiting to see what his answer was on this one mm-hmm. too, because I think you go in and out of, so you were asking about a cross-centered marriage. Mm-hmm. And a Christ-centered marriage is based on a crisis-centered individually. Mm-hmm. Yes. So sometimes one may be mm-hmm. focused on God where the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have, I don't know if I've, like, caused the tension in our marriage to be, like, intentionally be like where we had our rough moments, I've had my own issues that, but Micah is very gracious to me. But, um, I think like you can be a cross-centered husband or wife and the other one not be cross-centered. So your marriage isn't cross-centered, but you can act cross-centered and, and God-centered and how you treat someone. So like, I remember being so angry at my you know, with some different things. And the Lord just was like, he's my son. Like I love him. And, um, I can, I just want to cry sometimes when I think about it. Cause he's like, that's my child. You, even though you're upset with him, like I still sent Jesus to die for him and I love his soul just as much as I love yours. And so then it was like, I had to respond to him and vice versa. 
in a Christ-centered manner, even when, you know, one or the other was off kilter and not putting Christ at the center. And if God, if God's not the center of your life, then you're self-centered. Yeah. Like, it, it, what something is going to be at the center of your life. It's either going to be God or yourself. Yeah. And so we both have intentionally looked to make sure that we're not being selfish, but it happens. We're all human. Yeah. Certainly. So, you know, we use that term Christ centered and it's important. But mm-hmm. What happens is a lot of people don't know what that means. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to share the story. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I won't give details of the story. But I had, I had done something uh, where I'd failed in our marriage, mm-hmm. and and I probably cry, but that's okay. Uh, we cry a lot. I, I had <laughs> done something, uh, and I failed Amy as a husband, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't have an affair, so that wasn't that wasn't it. But gotcha. it, it was a it was a uh, just a, a a significant failure to where. She separated, not separated, but she just was distant from me. Mm-hmm. And, man, I thought that it's over. And I just, you know, I just, there was nothing I could do. It was the, it was one of those moments where, yeah, you messed up. Don't just stop. Just hold your hands. Don't try to control anything. And I just waited. And and this is where the the beauty of of the how we're supposed to be the image of Christ. She, she's instead of uh, instead of rejecting me she decided to help me and to help rebuild me in that failure and, I, and I, she was so gracious to me I remember we were laying on top of our bed and it was made we were just laying there it's quiet kids I, don't know, I think the kids were gone I think she found a babysitter and we were just laying there in complete silence and I just, I wasn't going to move. I was just thankful she was, we were still here. And I remember her moving her hand over and just touching my hand. And it was so gracious. And I just remember, you know, and she let me sit in, in my failure for a while. Just like Christ will do that sometimes. He'll leave the mud on you because he loves you enough. He, he needs you to feel the weight of what you've done. But the whole time he's there. Yeah. And and then he'll, he'll begin to touch you. He'll begin yeah. to reach out and just slowly make you clean and he'll slowly rebuild you he'll take your heart that's you know broken he'll start to to mend that heart and it's what she did to, to for me it was the complete opposite i should be doing it for her mm-hmm. you know because i hurt her and uh, and and i was just overwhelmed by that reflection of christ of how gracious she was and decided you know i love you yeah. Just like just like Christ will tell me when I fail, I love you, mm-hmm. and I'm going to rebuild you. Mm-hmm. It's, it may be painful, and it's going to be you know you're going to feel this shame for a while. Yeah. We have this misconception that when we when we sin, automatically everything goes away. Yeah. But in Christ, in His own wisdom, decides to to let you linger and walk you out slowly and mm-hmm. begin to transform you, not not reform you, which is just a a change in your behavior, but to begin to transform. That's what she did for me. And, and that's what it means to be Christ-centered. When Christ, mm-hmm. you can't do that if Christ is just a section of your life, mm-hmm. if he's just a piece right. of your life. Yeah. Well, Amy, during all of that, that he just explained, like, what's mm-hmm. your side of that, of ha- having to watch him go through that and then not really, you know, you feel like, okay, like, you've burdened me a little bit mm-hmm. and I'm alone. Mm-hmm. So why... 
what what led you to touch his hand in per se? Um, well, I wanted to leave yeah. and I wanted, I just was wanting the marriage to be over mm-hmm. because it just, I was so mad, but then I prayed a lot. And also I am very, very well known for grabbing books and, mm-hmm. and, and researching, um, situations. So I didn't research my pain and my issue, I researched his and what his issue was. Mm. And so in my anger, I still, God still was like, Hey, here's a book for you to read. Ironically enough, books weren't as accessible as they are now, but I would just go to books a million and like this book would appear out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's just what I need to read. You know? So I studied a lot of what he was going through even though I was still angry, but then I remember that day where we were just laying in the bed. I mean, we just, I was like, don't touch me. Don't look at me, you know, stay away from me. And so it's basically like learning how to be friends again and learning how to trust each other. And, and so we're just laying there and I just, I was like, I just reached over. I was like, I think I even said, can I hold your hand? And, and just reached over and held his hand. And, um, since that moment, most, most nights we go to sleep holding hands Mm. and, uh, and it was because of that, you you know, I was mad at him, but at the same time, you know, I still was reminded like God's like, that's my kid. And you know what? You've been through some, some garbage too. And I haven't left you. I I didn't abandon you. That's right. And then he reminded me of, of my vows that I made to him, love, honor, and respect. And I, you know what? He deserved the dignity to be respected, even though I was, I was mad at him. I had no right to disrespect him as, as God's child. So, um, but yeah, yeah. so that's how I was in all of that. I love watching you guys talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. He, if no one can see this, but during that, Mike reached over and wanted to hold Amy's hand. So Amy's (laughs) holding his hand now. And that is such a sweet story because you think about probably the pit that you were in, Mike, in that mm-hmm. time where you felt like such a failure and so like full of shame. Mm-hmm. And then here comes the Holy Spirit yeah. through your wife, mm-hmm. you know, and to, it's a, it's a sweet reminder to know that no matter what we've done in our life, no matter who we've, you know, upset or made angry mm-hmm. that we are always forgiven if we repent yeah. and we work through that together. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, I love you guys even more now. <laughs> yeah, it's our responsibility as yeah. believers to, to respond the way the word tells us to, not the way we feel as humans. And God understood that. That's why he gave us the Bible, the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, the verse in first uh, Corinthians uh, 13, you know, love is patient, love is kind. And, you know, all the love stuff and like, we have to live that out. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you just, it's your responsibility as a believer to treat everyone that way. I just had, you know, I I think as uh, married people, we have the opportunity to practice that at home. Yeah. And if you're not, I I will say this, if you're treating people outside of the home better than you're treating your spouse, you're not practicing biblical your biblical marriage responsibility yeah like 
That's he definitely should good be, to think about. Yeah, he should be the first person that I treat with the most respect and live out the word the most. Mm. And and it just trickles out to people around me. So if I don't think, you know, kind thoughts about him or I don't hold him in regard the way God does, you know, how, how can I treat him bad but treat everybody else well, you know? Right. And serving each other every day. Yes. Know? Yes. Learning this, like our story is so completely different from yours. Our marriage and relationship was not, we did not have a foundation of Christ. Like, yeah, we were quote unquote Christians, but we didn't live a godly life. And it's, it's crazy being involved in church and like, you know, rededicating our lives to Christ that we've noticed how the enemy attacks us Mm -hmm. and you know you were talking earlier about how sometimes one spouse is you know more dedicated to Christ versus the other and sometimes I see it in waves where like Jesse will be dedicated and then I will be falling in the cracks and then it's you know and then it it reverses yeah yeah and I saw this I'm I'm not gonna pretend like it wasn't TikTok um I saw this TikTok (laughs) Uh, it was probably a few months ago, but, um, this lady was talking about how before couples are married, how the enemy attacks is, don't you want to have sex with each other? You guys want to, don't you? You know, like, well, if you don't really love each other and you're not doing that, you know, like he tries to deceive you in that way. And then you get married and it's like, you don't have to have sex with each other. (laughs) You don't have to be intimate. You don't have to, uh, be a yes. strong couple. And so is that not insane it how it changes so the direction? Yes. But then once you're married, it's like, you're good. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's important to recognize that too. Yes. There's where a lot of marriages fail. They, mm-hmm. they, they recognize, yeah, I need to love my wife, respect my wife. But what they don't recognize is when the enemy is present mm-hmm. and is trying to come into your marriage and, and, he doesn't come in jumping through the window with a spear and says, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. just sits with you a while and mm-hmm. begins to turn things gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you just get lost That's in the true. gray and he just walks Sometimes out. It's just you know? a slow grayness. Oh yeah. It's yeah. just a fade. You just slowly fade into it. And it's mm-hmm. not like something. And then you look around like, what, 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 what has happened? Yeah. <laughs> How you know? did I get here? Yeah. Yes. You, then you're, then you're lost. Yeah. So. I love that. So were there seasons of one of you feeling like the only pursuer or were both of you willing to move towards a marriage with Christ involved? For sure, towards each other? Yeah. Or... I'll answer that. Okay. Okay. Amy has always been the pursuer. The pursuer. Yes. And, and I, not, not that I'm a, some deadbeat, but what I'm, my, she has been far more intentional uh, of, of bringing. Christ principles into our marriage. You know, mm-hmm. I get busy being provider, being uh, disloyal, just going to work, coming home. I come home every day. I love to be home, mm-hmm. but she'll have, Same. yeah, but she'll, she'll read this book. So I just read this book on marriage. I read this book on marriage, you know, and, you know, some, some things are about the intimate parts of marriage and yeah. some are about just principles in marriage and, like, and hey, always pushing us to, cool. to let's read this together. Yes. Know, and, or, we, we, she'll talk about it. I read this book and we'll talk about it. So she's always been super intentional and in leading yes. the way in that. I'm the audio book. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would like to yeah. also say that this is probably the majority of marriages. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. The, where the yeah, woman is very intentional. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not that men don't necessarily want to be, right. uh, they may not know how to be. They, they, they feel their role is, uh, I'm going to go out, I'm going right. to work. 
Yeah. And, and, and we're going to bring my family to church and we're going to raise our kids right and that yeah. sort of thing. But actually sitting down and doing it and talking it out, you yeah. know, this is what the Bible talks about. Action. And then, and then yeah. actually bringing those um, principles, those foundational principles and scriptures that you, you're going to decide to build your marriage on. You know, a lot of those were just out of discussions of things. That, and I'm not a much of a reader. You know, I, I like watching movies. I think a book ruins the movie. So, <laughs> Stop. Uh, <laughs> so rude. So, I mean, <laughs> Amy's like, I'm offended right now. <laughs> but anyway, as uh, far as pursuing that, yes, I, I believe that, you know, uh, I think we built the marriage together. Yes. But she brought a lot of, she brought a lot of material to, to the work site. Yes. yes. I'm not the pursuer in arguments, but I am the pursuer in... Yeah, I'm the pursuer. Yeah, Mike's like, we got to finish this conversation. I'm like, <laughs> I can't. I need to read a book on how I'm supposed to respond. You know? We, I am the same way. Do you, Is somewhat of your strength... This is, might be a personal question, so if you don't want to answer it, you don't yeah. have to. But no. do you sometimes struggle with running to a book versus running to God for the answer? Uh, or did yeah, you used to? Absolutely. I think earlier. Yeah. yeah, earlier for sure. Yeah. Um, I get I, that way. So I have this motto that I've been saying for a while. I did not coin it. Pastor Chris Hodges did on. Uh, he's the pastor at Church of the Highlands, but he his thing that he says is pray first. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I am now learning, older in age. I wish I would have done this, you know, when I was younger, but. Like, just pray first. But, yeah, my Bible, like, I reach for it so much more now mm-hmm. than, you know, than a book. Um, yeah. We so. can find a lot of answers in there. Yes. To a lot full, of our questions. full of answers. But sometimes, <laughs> let me just say this. If, if someone is, like, needing, you know, to find an answer and they're like, I, I read godly books. Mm-hmm. So, it, it was always pointing me to Christ. It was always pointing me to God. So I wasn't just, you know, reading books written by, you know, whomever. Um, I, you know, I made sure that they were godly books because I still wanted God to, to be the answer to any question that we had in our marriage. I got to share a text with you that I just got. So Pastor Darren randomly sent me a link to something which I haven't clicked on yet Mm -hmm. and said, there you go. Oh, wow. And so I sent a picture of you guys to him. Yeah. Um, and he said, who are they? Dude's got a Brillo pad on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I like his beard. <laughs> oh, PD's you always messing He's, he's got to be rough, you oh, know. He can't, he can't help it. That's so funny. <laughs> I had to share that because it was just, I'll, I'll you know. I'll respond in this way. I love you, Pastor. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> We love you, Pastor. Um, you know, what what she was talking about, just you know. Oh, he's gonna get back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> no. thank you, Mike. But let's, let's remove Pastor Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Who was part of our wedding, by the way? So, <laughs> he, you know, what she's talking about. We said it earlier about how we don't start Christ centered, but we we try to get to the center, then you fortify that center, mm-hmm. and that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of running to friends or Facebook or or, or a book. Uh, you run, you run to prayer, mm-hmm. and you run to His Word, yeah. Yeah. and then let that lead you to the other places. Yeah. That's when you know that you're having a Christ-centered life. Yeah. If she's got a Christ-centered life, I have a Christ-centered life, then then we have a Christ-centered marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's uh, that's what it looks like. That's a perfect example of what it looks like. Yeah. yeah.
I'm learning so much. <laughs> Not only about you guys, but like things that I need to apply to my marriage because we're only, only, I know we're a little bit older, but we're 31 and 32. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're in the, the young season, our kids are toddlers. So, you know, we're, we, we go through those rough patches too, but it's nice to hear from a couple that's been through things, which I feel like is so important to surround yourself with mentors and people mm-hmm. that can show you like, this is what I've gone through and this is what helped us yeah. type things. And I don't think we get that enough in this day and age. Like yeah. we isolate so much mm-hmm. and we reach for Google and <laughs> self-help right. books and things instead of getting connected. It's important. I- I talked about this at our last men's group and mm. your husband was there as a matter of fact. Yeah. About how men tend to want to just do things on their own. Yeah. They want to run their marriage on their own. Yeah. They, and what I pictured was here's this soldier out here all by himself, yeah. you know, in spiritual sense, mm-hmm. swinging his sword, trying to protect his family. And he's just taking on the enemy's arrows and he looks over his wife's wounded. He tends to his wife and his kids are over there. His kids are getting wounded. He's trying to protect everything. He's exhausted mm-hmm. because he's trying to do it himself, you know, and he needs to link with other men, mm-hmm. other husbands and say, Hey, I, I need you to encourage me. I need you to give me life and I need to give you life. And if collectively we can, we can, we can become strong. You know, the Bible says we're three cords, not easily broken. Yeah. You know, if you're watching my back and I'm watching yours, we're, we can, we can win this because yeah. the the enemy is coming for marriage Yeah, because it's the only institution that God has created Yeah, and he reflects our relationship with him as a marriage. Mm-hmm. And there's so that's why there's such a effort from the enemy and you have to be able to recognize it. And if you think that you can do that alone, mm-hmm. you're a fool. So. And it, it, like, I always tend to go back to creation of like why he created woman for man and like, you know, there are so many different parts. So glad he did. Yes. Thank you. There are so many parts to that of, you know, like when you were explaining the situation with Amy, I was reminded of just like the gentleness of a woman, you know? And that's something that these days we really need to talk about of like the differences between a man and a woman, not saying that one is better than the other, right. but that there are so many unique differences and that's why we're so much better together Mm -hmm. in a marriage, especially um, where there are things Mike that you do that Amy cannot. And there are things that Amy can do that you cannot, Um, especially with children, Mm -hmm. you know, like mothers where we, it just comes naturally to us to be nurturing and, and, you know, and kind and Mm -hmm. full of wisdom in that way. And men are just so protective Mm -hmm. and, um, provide, you know, they just want to provide. They also have to be the example of what, um, a godly husband Mm -hmm. looks like. So, I mean, what an honor that both of our girls have said, I want to marry someone that it's just is like, like my daddy. My dad. mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. It and make it's you so want to cry, Mike. Yeah. I mean, because he just, he, you're, you know, the husband has, has to, needs to be that example. Yeah. Um, Tim Lehman, Dr. Tim Lehman wrote a book that I made mock read. I made him read. Um, what a difference a daddy makes. That's a good book. And it's, it's a father daughter book, but I think it it can apply to father son too, yeah. as far as like, he's just the example and the protector and the provider, but like showing the children, okay, son, this is how a husband, you know, treats 
their wife and okay to our daughters, this is how, this is the kind of guy you need to marry. I believe, now he always opens my door for me. <laughs> like, um, I'll have to say I've got it mm-hmm. in order for him not to, to open the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe if we had sons, they would be opening my door for me. Yeah. Like, I just, I believe Oh, for that. sure. Definitely. So, so husbands are that, you know, to, to their children to where, you know, yes, I was the nurturer and, and caretaker and Mm -hmm. um, definitely if they got sick, they were not calling for him. (laughs) But if they wanted to wrestle and like, you know, hit things, they definitely called Mike. So I love that. Yeah. What has God taught and shown you throughout the years as a couple? Um, as a couple, I think it's just him first. I mean, that's just everything like, we just have to to be uh, united in our faith and mm-hmm. united in, um, and, you know, like, just be friends. Like, be friends with each other. Have fun. Don't take life so seriously. We laugh mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. We laugh a whole lot <laughs> in our house. You know, not many people know this. If you do that, we're building a house right now, and everybody's yeah. like, oh, it's going to be so hard on your marriage. Mm-hmm. And it has not yeah. been hard at all. Um, we've just, uh, please, people don't get mad at us if you've had a hard time building a house. But, I mean, <laughs> it's just that we talk a lot. Communication. I think God has is, is laid some great foundation for us of communicating, you know, just talking a lot and to Him a lot. I don't know. That's just, that's what I've learned over the years. It's like, if you have great communication, then you can get through anything. It's true. Yeah. It's so important. Uh, Not to over-spiritualize something, but. Oh, you can never (laughs) over-spiritualize. Sometimes you listen to people like, oh God, he's going to compare the Bible to everything. But as our marriage has grown, I just it, it really it really helps with your walk with Christ because it's the same mm-hmm. thing. The, yes. the more you communicate, you know, you hear that verse, "Pray without ceasing." It's mm-hmm. like, well, how do you do that? Pray all the time, just on your hands and knees, and oh God, and thank you for that. My flooring, it's so great. I love my flooring. You run out of things to talk about. It's not how it is. It's just this mm-hmm. this constant connection uh, mm-hmm. to. It's kind of like an app that just stays running all the mm-hmm. time. You're just always communicating with God, and and that that builds a relationship. Just, just, I want my, I want my side of my marriage with her here in this world to be Amy centered, you know, and, and, and I think, <laughs> Big cheesy you know, smile over there. Yeah, so I, I just, you know, we talk about, you know, marriage and the philosophies of marriage and we've always had a verse that we've built on and it's a, probably not a mar- or a verse that you would pick for, for your marriage or, you know, that said, I'm going to build it on this verse, but it's a, it's actually, Ephesians four twenty nine, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it just really says, "Don't let anything corrupt come out of your mouth, but only that which is, you know, life giving that builds up, that encourages, so that it may that it may send grace to those who listen." Mm-hmm. And so we talked about honoring. I want to honor her in everything I say because she's not just the only one listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you. This I guess your podcast is about purpose. This would be the, mm-hmm. I guess, the purpose of our marriage. Mm-hmm. I would think yeah. that. And when I talk to her, there's other people listening. I mean, yes. uh, my kids could be listening. She's listening. Kelsey could be listening. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make sure that what I say is life-giving and, and honoring it the best I can. 
Mm. And so I've learned more and more to do that. It hasn't always been that way because I, I used to have a pretty significant temper. You know, I'd hulk out every once in a while. And, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. You wouldn't you would know no, that much. Yeah. I I honestly just figured oh, yeah. he was just the gentle yeah. giant. Yeah. He, he rages. He's raged. Um, yeah. Wow. I, I can still rage, yeah. you know, but, you know, you mentioned the word gentleness. Yeah. You know, for a man, gentleness is just strength that's under control. Yes. It's the ability to 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 want to rage but not rage. And I wish I was 100% at it, but I'm, I think I'm a lot better. You are way be. better. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think what I've. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I, I think what I've learned, especially through like um, couples counseling and workshops and all that, is that like for a man, like anger is usually the main thing that they struggle with. And under anger is fear and under fear is pride. And that's actually from Ben's story. So yes. I just gotta, gotta, yeah, yeah shout out Ben's story. <laughs> Hashtag Ben's story. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it is so true because most of the time when men are angry, it's because they are in a fear mode and yeah. they're, they're scared mm-hmm. of, they don't have control over yep. something. And we all know that all begins with pride of like, you know, this is who I am and I, nobody can tell me any different. Yes. And so I just wanted to mention that, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I mean that's is exactly right. It's it's better now. We're raising kids, I, and you were talking about kids earlier. My kids would probably not be who they are today if not for my wife, because I dealt with things more forcefully. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. far more of a nice yeah ocean mm-hmm. wake, you know, yeah. where I'm the the wave coming in, the tsunami, yes. and you better move, or yes. I'm gonna wipe everyone out in this room. So yes. And, and I've I've asked my kids forgiveness multiple times. They, yeah. they, unfortunately, I I talk to them about it, they don't remember. So they I, don't I, remember. I'm thankful because I've raged out for them and then go back in the room. So sorry. <laughs> There's moments like that where I I feel like God protects them from certain things, and once you ask for forgiveness from them, that is such a big healing yeah, thing for, for them. Sure. Because when you've lived your life not being apologized for things and asking for forgiveness, you hold on to those. Yeah. And then when you're a kid and your dad's, your dad messes up and says, you know what? Daddy shouldn't have yelled like that. I'm so sorry. I'm going to work on that. Mm -hmm. It just, it almost like kind of erases (laughs) what you've done. And in a, in a child's heart, because I, I worry about those things of like, even whenever I lose my temper, which is not often, but or when Jesse loses his temper, but we are both so good about just thinking it through and, and not trying to blame everybody else for Mm -hmm. our issues and asking for forgiveness. And I feel like that's going to help children in the next generation so much Mm -hmm. more than our generation. You know, going back to having a Christ-centered marriage, that's, that's, that's the fruit of it. That's a beauty. It gets better and better because, you know, there's two teachers in life. There's wisdom and consequence. And, and so early in your marriage, you'll learn a lot more from consequence. And then if you're smart, you'll learn more from wisdom. You'll mm-hmm. see something and say, I'm not going to react that way. Cause yeah. I know, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I choose and, and, and choose to react differently. And, yeah. and then you start, and that's when, that's when your marriage really starts to get a really good cadence. You know, I'm just, it's not a pitch I'm going to swing at, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not, I'm not going to spend what capital I have or risk something over something silly, you know, yeah. uh, now 
Amy, we'll throw a pitch every once in a while. So we're swinging <laughs> at. So don't get me wrong. So we, <laughs> we still have no, good conversations. No, no, I do. I, I push buttons. But, but, the, but, but they're silly. You know, sometimes they're just silly, and it's like, why are we arguing about this? Yes, but it's not even maybe, worth it. <laughs> maybe, it's for, maybe, yeah. maybe it's just for the post arguments. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like you've answered a lot of these, but this question was for Mike. How has your life changed being able to lean on God in your marriage and can you share how much growth you've had and maybe share a story of how different your life is? Mm, that's three questions. Yeah, I know. I'm going to try to remember. ADHD, it just yeah. happens. <laughs> throw, throw them all out there. Uh, I, I've, I've grown a lot, and, and a lot of it is, you were, you were talking earlier about, you know, different seasons. There's a lot of seasons in my marriage where, you know, you go through personal things and you deal with it and you have these encounters and, and they're just, I think, I think maybe this, I think maybe this, I've learned to try to be extraordinary in the ordinary things because mm -hmm. marriage isn't always about this big grand event. You know, mm -hmm. it's about coming home every day. Mm -hmm. It's about opening the door. Mm -hmm. It's about just having conversations and just acknowledging God and just everything. That's one thing about I think that we've grown more and more in that our conversations are more geared in Christ. We mm -hmm. acknowledge Christ. You know, Proverbs 3 talks about acknowledging God in all your ways. Yeah. We find ways to acknowledge God, mm -hmm. you know, in, in all of our processes. And sometimes they're hard. Building a house was hard for me. It was hard to see God in a lot of those things. And she was very gracious. And it's like, you know, you know, look at it this way. It's like, okay, okay, I see, I see God. Now. <laughs> and uh, early in the marriage was, you know, I wasn't as mature in my faith. So I mean, as you mature in faith and you allow God to be a part of that and, and, and just release more and more control to him. Yeah. And Cause you know, his words either true or it's not yeah. his, it can be applied in work or it won't, you know, he can be trusted or he can't, he's faithful or he's not, he's gracious or he's not, he can free, you know, all those things. You've got to make a decision. And mm -hmm. I think it was probably, you know, later in our marriage where I just decided, you know, it's this is I got to do this way or not like you know finances you know we've grown in our finances where God's word is true about finances bring yeah. your probably yeah. bring your first fruit and yeah. your and tithing those sorts of things and we've got a great testimony on that but yeah. it, when you honor God in your marriage that's probably how you would sum it up the more you honor God in your marriage the the greater success success is going to be that doesn't mean you know things are going to fall from heaven and. Everything's going to be rainbows and crickets sunshine. or sunshine. Did he say crickets? That ain't rainbows. <laughs> they sound nice. Anyway. He just likes the sound of crickets. Oh, yeah, like a man <laughs> yes. out in the woods. Yeah. I, I know that's probably a, mess, a messy response, but I just... No, it's not. You, it's good. I, I think when people ask me, what's, what's the quote-unquote secret to a to a successful marriage. You know, how, how did you and Amy last 26 years? And, you know, I'm just still madly in love with her. How do you do that? Well, Christ laid the example. It's real simple. That's a beautiful thing about Jesus. He always just made everything simple. Yeah. He simplified the 600 some odd commandments to two, you yeah. know? And so I just, you know, Matthew 2028, 20, you know, the son of man came to serve and not to be served and give his life. Yeah. And that's, and we're supposed to be Christ-like. That's what Christian means, Christ-like, little Christ. And then where Paul commands us to be like the image of, you know, be like Christ. And and uh, if I'm going to do that, I have to do that in my marriage first. Yeah. And I have to do that with my other relationships too. But I serve her. 
she serves me and we out try to out serve each other. It's, it's, awesome. a, it's, it's just, it's a win-win really. It's awesome. We but, try to win, but not each on, other. Yeah, but not only do <laughs> I want, not only would I be more than willing to lay my life down for, you know, if, physically, if that's what needed to be called upon, but I give my life to her every day, mm-hmm. but I just, I come home and I love her. I'm loyal to her and we, you know, I just want to be with her. You know, I don't, I don't want to be anywhere else. You know, I want to go home and wherever she is, I want to be. We, we have movie nights, you know, yeah. I don't care what movie we're watching, you know, yeah. as long as I'm with her. Aww. And so, and that's because I just look for ways to honor and serve her. Just that's yeah. the example of Christ. And he said, if you're going to, if you're going to lead leaders, he said, right before that, the greatest among you is have to be last. You have to be a slave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if I'm going to lead my home, I have to lead in that way. So, and individually, just as you, um, as a person, because my direction with this question, which I mentioned in our notes is that I want to hopefully encourage men, husbands, young fathers, that it is okay to be open and to have an intimate relationship with Christ. And I know you mentioned that you've lived by, was it Matthew 20, 28? So what mm-hmm. you said? Yeah of serving others. So is that kind of what you live by as a person as well? Like, and not just in your marriage, like what, mm. what can you encourage young men to well, live that way? I think men are afraid of that word intimate. Yes. It, it has a very, how me say the word feminine? Undertone. Yes. Has that very, has that undertone of it. And they think that's, you know, sissy, not manly. Yes. But our very Savior was that. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, you're saying Jesus was not manly because yeah. he was very open with his with his life and relationships and calls us to have that intimate relationship with him. If you can't do that here on earth, you're not going to be able to do that with, with your relationship with Christ. It's always going to be task oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to yeah. be it's not going to be a, a rule. Checking you know, checking boxes yeah. because I, I, I guess I guess maybe you know I, I finally just. I just gave in to Christ. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, Laid it and, and, and I realized that I, I can't do this on my own. Real men, mm-hmm. men, if you're listening, hear me on this. Real men, real men are not afraid to ask for help. Yeah. That's right. They're, 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 they're not afraid. They're just not afraid. Yeah. You, know, you say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. Well, you're, you're afraid to be, to expose mm-hmm. maybe your issues. You're afraid mm-hmm. to, to maybe you might be having struggles in your marriage. You're afraid to ask someone for help because I'm how it may look. Or how it may make you feel. You may sense that, you know, people don't think I'm a failure. I'm, I'm a good husband. So there is fear there. Yeah. 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 And that type of fear is something that's not created by God. Right. You know, that's, you know, that's an emotion that was not created by God. So when you fall into that, you're falling into an emotion that was created by the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just, it, intimate doesn't mean crying. You know, it doesn't mean uh, I'm going to pour out my feelings and, you know, and lay on a couch and, and just Stand like, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then someone's going to dissect me and I'm going to, I'm going to leave a wimp. That's not what that means. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it means for sure. God, I need you. Yeah. I, I need a savior. I can't mm-hmm. do this. I admit, I cannot do this if I, I can do this, but I can't be successful at it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I can't even imagine trying to, to navigate a successful, holy marriage without yeah without just being vulnerable he was he was also open to just talk to me like you have to 
you have to talk to your spouse. Yeah. You have to be willing to, and I think an issue that married people have, especially younger, which we did too, is like automatically start yelling or be defensive. But, you know, I think if you just say, okay, oh, first, just don't intentionally hurt each other. Like intentionally not mm-hmm. hurt each other with your words and your yeah. actions. And he was really good at that. He's been a great example of that, of like, I'm not going to say anything to hurt Amy. You know, I'm not going to, I know because that's who he is. It's just what he's always done. But, you know, when I would ask questions, I would always say, listen, and women, be careful. You ask the question, you better be ready to hear the answer. And so I just remember praying and like, God, am I ready to hear the answer to this question? And so I tell Mike, hey, if I ask you a question, it's because I'm ready to hear the answer Mm -hmm. and the tough questions. And I ask tough questions. I do a lot. (laughs) But he's, um, yeah, (laughs) but he's willing to answer them or he'll say, hey, let me get back to you. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, hey, I got to think about this, you know, or whatever. But most of the time he is just like, okay, don't get mad, but, or listen, you know, I'm going to get mad if I talk about this. So we have to keep our anger under control. So, yeah, I mean, just be being open to talk to each other. I, I think, you know, if you're not willing to talk to each other and, and invite the Holy Spirit into that conversation of controlling your emotions mm-hmm. and not attacking each other, then I think that allows men to be, you can be vulnerable you can have those conversations because they don't want to feel attacked either. Like men do not want to be attacked by women or their words. If I tore him down as a man, why would he want to be vulnerable to me? If I, you know, told him he was, you know, you're a crap husband and you, you know, you did this and you did that. And he doesn't, he needs to be built up just as much as I do. And that allows men to be vulnerable, I believe. It goes back to the verse, Ephesians 4, 29, that it it encourages those who listen, not just her, but also ties directly to Proverbs 18, 21, I think, where it says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. So you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, every time you speak, you have a choice. And, and, Sometimes you don't get it right. Sometimes the flesh takes over right. and, you, and something comes out and you're like, ha, oh, I can't grab that back. <laughs> and then it just escalates everything. Yeah. But you know, for, for men, just, I, I tell you, I, I used, we used to do this uh, men's ministry that we led at Harvest Time years ago. Um, and I, it, it was a series of challenges. I would send the men back to do it in their homes, you know, to do things with their wife and kids. And one of them was, pray over your wife, put your hands on her and pray over her. Mm-hmm. And you, and that was the one I got the most blowback on mm-hmm. because it was the most uncomfortable for men to do because it made them very, very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it is the most intimate thing that you can do yeah. with your spouse yeah. is to pray over her. I don't do it enough, but it is something that, cause it, it, for a man, super uncomfortable, Yeah, you know, cause that's, but men, that's, that's part of leading your home. Mm-hmm. You, you, you are, you've been placed there to lead your home. And part of that is, is praying over your wife and protecting her and blessing her and blessing your child. Easy to go and pray with your children. Yeah. Go in there and pray over your wife you yeah. know, and, and, and let her hear your heart. Yeah. And it's like, once you've, once you've done that, everything else kind of seems 
a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. It is. You know? Because then, then you're more open to praying over, I don't know, yeah. your meal with yeah. some random person or, you know, it, I'm glad you said that because I don't think about those things. And ever so often, Jesse will come in, like if I'm on the computer or something and just pray over me. And mm-hmm. I know that it's deep down. I don't think about how much strength that probably took oh, yeah. for him to do that. Um, for sure. And so I needed that reminder. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's a good step of growth. That, mm-hmm. that tells me that he wants to be, the man yeah. of God that he needs to be, yeah. you know, and sometimes it means and that he's thinking about, yeah. yes, uh, yeah. You could have Absolutely. just read a book or something. So you need to go pray for your wife and he doesn't, I mean that just that alone. Yeah. And then that grows into, I just love my wife. I want to, you know, what she's doing is great mm-hmm. and, yeah. and she's beautiful and, and I'm just she so thankful for her and just needs to be encouraged yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. That's sweet. Give that man a prize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amy. Yes. What are a couple of things that you struggled with before in your marriage as a wife and how has God intervened? I would say the number one thing I struggled with was trust. Mm -hmm. And that started at a very young age of just things that have happened in my early childhood. Uh, As a teenager, my biological father left us, you know, we uh, would go, you know, some days without food unless we were at school. We had lunch, which was nice. So there was some lack and so it just, I'm a, I'm an Enneagram six. And so it's the loyalist. So yes. And so I'm very loyal until you, you really, I mean, I'm done with you if you've hurt me. Yeah. And so <laughs> like, I've written you out of my life. Yeah. But anyway. Hold on to that grudge, yes. girls. <laughs> but, and it's because I, I don't trust. Yeah. Um, it's like, I can't trust you to, to take care of me mm. and, and like, uh, keep me safe, my feelings or whatever. And so there was some trust, you know, broken between uh, Mike and myself. And I realized, and I had a hard time just trusting him, mm-hmm. um, early in the marriage and a little later in the marriage, you know, we've had some things happen financially. And so there mm-hmm. was just, trust broken and that realized it hit me and I'm definitely shouting out Ben and Tanya on this. I hold me tight. Um, yeah. workshop we went to because mm-hmm. finance finances have been always been hard for me to talk about. And so, um, when you had that little break off and you go alone in that's the a, room, that's an understatement by the way, <laughs> <laughs> when you go into the room by yourself and you have this conversation, it was about finances and it, but it was beyond finances. It was trust. And I realized in that moment, I don't trust God with everything. So how can I trust my husband or other people? And so, and I'm still like, I'm reading a book right now, learning to trust God, because it's just something that I'm always having to, you know, practice and work on. Mm-hmm. And it's not because God failed me. It's just because of life. You know, it's like, why did God let that happen to me? Why did God allow that to happen? You know, well, things happen. We live in a fallen world, but God still was there with me. And he, I mean, look where I am now. Like Mm -hmm. he took care of me. He has not ever left me and he hasn't failed me. Deuteronomy 31, eight is a great one to hold on to where he just, he never abandons you. Mm -hmm. And he's always there even when the hard times come. So learning to trust God allowed me to really learn to trust Mike and that was where I needed to like 
fix and smooth some things over in my past that weren't even his issue. And so, and then I've learned as an adult period in all my relationships that I'm going to get injured, but it's not because someone can't be trusted. It's just because we're human and we make mistakes. So that gave me a lot of room to forgive myself, you know, for things that I've done to myself um, and to forgive him and others around me. But uh, I think trust, you know, making that trusting God yeah. is basically what has changed for our marriage for me. Good. Yeah. Okay. She's so much better at answering things. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You're both good. Okay. Last but not least, the uh -huh. last question. Uh -huh. What is your God-given purpose? Oh, Amy's pulling out her phone. I am. I had to take <laughs> notes because I would forget. And no, I'm that's just not okay. the greatest at quoting that things. That is okay. And this is individually and as a couple. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll go first because I really... Like, I was like, I know what my purpose is. <laughs> um, at every part of my life, I always want to point people to Jesus. Mm. And this verse has really been about everything that I've been in my walk with Christ. But the word I have for my purpose would be kindness. In Romans 2, 4 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And so there's a song that says, your kindness leads me to repentance. And so if I'm going to point people to Jesus, I, I've never seen anybody come to know God through uh, me pointing out their flaws and what mm. they're doing wrong in their life. That's right. But I, you know, I ask God to always like be at the front of if someone's going to encounter me, I want them to encounter Jesus. And that verse really, really leads me. It's like if, if people are going to know who Jesus really is, he's not the one that points fingers. He's the one that's kind to you in spite of, you know, all the stuff that you've, you know, done in life. Yeah. He's still kind and his kindness is there for you. And his kindness does lead us to repentance. So that is my verse that I live my life by. Yeah. So I tell people all the time, I love people. We're commanded to love, you know, our neighbor. I don't like everybody, <laughs> but you won't know if I don't like you. Yeah. You will never know because that's not, that's not the way God, I mean, Jesus probably didn't like several people. Uh, some of them knew that he didn't like them, but that's because he was trying to show them the error of their ways. Yeah. He was not unkind to people who were her sinners, you know, and not living right. If anything, he was just so loving and kind. And I think of Zacchaeus and, mm -hmm. you know, just how much he loved him. And then he said, let's go to your house and eat. And he didn't say you're, you're this bad person. You know, he just, he loved him. And mm -hmm. so that's what I want to be to people around me. Love that. So. Mike? I told you she's better at this. <laughs> it goes back to, <clears throat> it took me a while to, to figure this out where I am today. Mm -hmm. I pursued things, a, pur a purpose I thought that it was mine that wasn't for years. And then, and then finally had an encounter with Christ and, you know, shaking my collar. This is what I want you to do. So, okay, I, <laughs> that's clear now. <laughs> but, I th you know, it goes back to our, our verse, you know, Ephesians 4.29 about, you know, that encouraging. And there's other verses, you know, you know yeah. spirit of, you know, to, to, or the fruit of encouragement to encourage somebody. I just try to find ways to 
encourage and bring value to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're really small. Like in conversations, I'll have conversations with people. I'm, I actually try to lead it to to find an, an avenue just to, you know, encourage yeah. them. And, and a lot of people just they'll hide it. They'll hide their just the areas that they need to be encouraged in. Mm-hmm. And I never understood why, but if you talk to them just you know, with a little bit of intentionality, you'll find it. Yeah. And I just want to, I want to be a person that celebrates how far someone's come mm-hmm. rather than criticize how far they need to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just yeah. look for ways to do that in my workplace and just try to, you know, find the darker places and, and, and shine a light of Christ through me. It's not my light. It's Christ, right. you know, it's Christ's light. And I just yeah. want to, you know, what she was saying, I don't want to point fingers. You know, Jesus doesn't point fingers. He, you know, I want to point the way. I don't yeah. want to point a finger. I want to point the way to Jesus and through encouragement. So I think individually that's been my, my purpose for, for, for a while now, once I finally realized where God wanted to use me and it's, and it's just, I, I enjoy doing it. And sometimes, you know, you, you get into some very dark spots with people and you're like, where do I encourage this person out? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of find encouraging is just listening to them. Yeah. You know, just loving enough, valuing yes. them enough just to listen. Yeah. You know, that's true. But, and I guess for our marriage, couple, what's your purpose uh, as a couple? Yeah. Couple. Ephesians four twenty nine. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't know. We don't know people who are watching us. Yeah. It's, it's a bit yeah. creepy. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I guess I'll we do. Stop I, no, yeah, that's fine. If you're watching us, please stop. No, I just, you know, that's a, we want, for me, this is my answer. I want, and this is maybe sound over spiritualized, but this is how you would actually sum it up. I want, when people mention our name, yeah, that it brings glory to God. Yeah. yeah. Because the way we are, you know, Towards each other. Listen, everyone listen. We're not perfect. No. We're not. I'm a very, very flawed person. If people really knew, if, if, if they, if they really knew it would, it would probably shock people, but I'm, I'm a very yeah. forgiven person yeah. and, and our, our marriage has been laced with forgiveness and grace and redemption. And, and uh, that's the beauty of it. Cause that's the exact reflection of our relationship with Christ. But yeah. I, I would, that's what I would probably say. Yeah. I mean, I've had to be a little bit more intentional with this because, yeah, I get sassy. Um, and no. I get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll, I'll just, I, I'm not a quick and comebacks, but, you know, if I have a strong opinion, I'm going to share it. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, I've done that in our marriage. It's just, it's my flaw in the whole relationship. Is beautiful. It's like, oh, Amy, why do you have to just keep talking? You know? <laughs> That is Jesse and I to the team. Yeah. Jesse's like, just stop. Just talking. stop talking. You're making it worse. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, so I've had to like, well, I mean, we have to know that someone is watching, someone is listening, whether, I mean, Mike, it's just Mike, you know, right now he's the one that sees and hears what's coming from my mouth, my kids. Or, you know, for at church, we don't know who's walking by and what they're hearing. And so, right. I mean, there have been times where we've been mad at each other at church. And it's like, mm, you know, I'm yeah. mumbling stuff under my breath. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, you know, it's like you drop into the parking lot. I'm not good at putting on the church face. And so sometimes I'm like, hey, remember, 
you know, people are watching. One time, and I deal with a bit of anxiety, one time I had my phone out and I was playing Candy Crush just to like not lose my mind. And Mike just leans over and it's not like, hey, people are watching you, but it's like, hey, Amy, people are watching, they're listening and they're seeing. And, and that's how we've lived our marriage. It's like, hey, you know, you're an example. I don't care who you are. You're three years old or you're 300 years old. You mm -hmm. are an example to someone. Someone is seeing you. Mm -hmm. Someone is listening to you. And so we all have the opportunity to lead and to lead well. And so that's what we wanted to do in our marriage is it, it's not fake. What you see is not fake. The love is not fake. Um, you know, the, I mean, my girlfriends know when I'm irritated with Mike, that's definitely not fake, you know. Um, what the? <laughs> what? I mean, I don't like. Yeah, you guys are real. We you're, are. Yeah, you're, you're not afraid to show We're not. Honest, and so I know he yeah. gets irritated with me. Like, you know, I I do fail to answer your calls sometimes. I'm admitting it great now. It's out there. Or the text, if I'm with someone, he wanted me to get him food and I just like didn't see it. No. What? I, what? You, you, you ignored it. No. <laughs> so anyway, so I failed to like get him some food and those things are real. It's mm. so, like, this is who we are. We're not going to try to be something we're not. We're not going to try to put on a facade of perfection. Yeah. So if, if people have seen this and they're like, oh my gosh, they're so fake. It's not fake. Mm -hmm. It is not. It's 100% no, real. I've never once thought that. I mean... You're, you were an inspiration to watch as a married couple, but I also knew that you had, I mean, if you look at the most like perfect, real, raw couple, you know that there have been some struggles there sure. because yeah. there, if there wasn't, then you would be able to see through that, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's well, been... I, I think that's what maybe refined you. You know, we, yes. we, we laugh about it, but it's true. Yes. Our, my life our life is just full it's always something yeah yeah and i picture always. I, and, I, and i always ask Same. i ask god why why is it always it's always always something why can't i just get a break why can't something go easy yeah you know uh we have a couple sayings and, and i'll be done but you know there's there's no traffic on the high road you know but it is a toll road you cost you something you have to you have to pay to be up there Mm. Uh, and that's why there's not very many people up there to, yeah. to, to say, I'm going to choose differently here and react differently. The higher road, it's, it's, you know, there's not much up. There's not many, much traffic. You won't find a traffic jam up there yeah, and it's it not free. It's kind of stuff, yeah, but you know, but it's like, you know, I'm, I like to fish. And so weight fish, I, I, when you stand in a river you know, and you're weight fish, like I'm up in the white river, there's a current always against you. Mm -hmm. And you always have to be very careful and you're always, and, and, and you could stand out there for a co couple of hours and be exhausted because every muscle is always you're just trying yourself. to just yeah. hold yes. yourself up yeah. while you're trying to focus on what you're doing. And if you slip a little bit, you got to readjust. And that's, that's kind of how it is. But when you come out there, you're stronger, you're more refined, you know how to navigate. And so when the significant things come along, mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's like, okay, it's, it's really just the next thing Yeah. for some people who are not trained that way, who always want to stay maybe on the, the shallow end of the pool, mm -hmm. you know, where there's you know, no tread and water. And then all of a sudden things get deep. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to swim and then it's a panic and they fall apart. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's kind of when you do put Christ to center, expect that. 
Yeah. If you don't have that, you might have to evaluate maybe where you are with your walk with Christ. Yeah. And, kind and of like the, the famous Kelly Clarkson says, what doesn't kill you makes yes, you stronger. Absolutely. <laughs> as, as a dude, I wasn't going to go there. So, yeah. The whole time you're saying yeah. that. Yeah. Doesn't kill you makes yeah, you no, I was thinking more uh, <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. Country Boy Can't Survive. <laughs> yeah, that one's a good one, too. Yeah. Well, Mike and Amy, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you. Thank um, I wouldn't pick any other couple for this episode. (laughs) Yes, you guys are awesome and continue shining a light to other young couples that see you. Because yes, people do watch you, even me. Mm. Which isn't saying much because I feel like (laughs) (laughs) we got all the songs. This episode's gonna be pulled for all the copyright. (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. I just little old me, I won't say nothing. Um, but thank you again and I appreciate you guys always putting God first and you mentioned that part of your purpose was always reflecting Christ and that you hold true to that. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Like Thank I can, you. I can tell that you guys really work hard in glorifying him. That Amy's always, her answers to everything is always glorifying mm-hmm. God uh, when we've just talked. So you're doing a really good job in living out that purpose. Because yeah, you, you, you are. Yeah, that. that's my encouragement to you. Because I like to encourage yes. as well. But um, thank you guys again, and maybe we'll have you back on. Darren actually texted me during this a uh, uh-huh. few times once he knew that we talked about him. Oh no, did we have questions? He said, "He said, um, haters gotta just get in line." <laughs> I wish you were doing a call-in episode. You should try that sometime. Call in with your questions. Ha, 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 ha. I was like, I was Bring on your questions. Man. Yeah, no, I should have just called him and been like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to ask? We love you, yeah. Pastor Dan. Yes, he's mm. awesome. I, you love him. Stop <laughs> it. That's probably why you, you... Are you guys good friends? Darren and I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've known Darren for... Yeah, it's yeah. a good balance there. Yeah, he was my uh, yeah, he was my youth leader when I was in <laughs> junior high. That's crazy. Grade. Yeah, so we go back far. Yeah, just lots of lessons. Calls me kiddo. Oh, so just uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, he he and Carrie have been a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And he was in our wedding. I asked him. I didn't want to play the regular why, wedding why, march. Why are we letting Darren in no, that no, conversation? No, 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 no. And he played the trumpet <laughs> in our wedding, and it was like I don't know if it's called the Princess Walk or. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't want the regular wedding march. He's like, Oh, I've got the perfect song. And I was just like, Okay, play it. So it was. He's I don't, just I don't been, even remember that. Oh, I do. That's one of my favorite parts. But yeah, he's been a part of our lives for a long time. So. Okay, well, enough about Darren. Yeah, enough about you. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thank Thank you. you. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like more information on this podcast, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Picturing Purpose Podcast. Find us on Anchor as well as every major streaming service. If you are excited for this journey and want to see this podcast thrive, there are many ways you can help. The most simple thing you can do is by leaving a five-star review on your streaming service 
podcast of choice. Reviews help podcasts so much. Another easy thing, anytime you see a post from the Picturing Purpose podcast social media pages, please comment, like, and share. This generates a bigger audience and brings more listeners. You never know, one of your friends may need to hear an encouraging word. I need daily motivation myself. Last, but definitely not least, if you want to see this podcast fulfill its purpose, your donations are incredibly appreciated. Keeping the podcast up and running is an extra cost I have taken on and will continue to do as needed. I know that God will always provide because this podcast is His. Not only will donations go to the making of the podcast, but Picturing Purpose will be blessing a portion of its monthly earnings to people in need. Whatever God puts on my heart is where the money will go. There is no donation too small, and you can also set up reoccurring payments. Even $5 a month would be super helpful. If you are unable to donate, your prayers are powerful. Please pray for this podcast and that it continues to serve its purpose and spread the love of Christ. Our hope is that Picturing Purpose is an encouragement to anyone that needs it and that we create strong, confident, and motivated disciples. Thank you for your support.